I hope you're ready to shed those feelings, make yourself vulnerable to me, and open and spread open your heart butthole for me. It's been a while since I've done a butthole joke, by the way. That's the cold open, isn't it? Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome one and all, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Life's a Wreck. I believe, David, this is episode 19, right? I think this is episode 19, which means we are getting so close to 20, man. And you know what that means? That means that we've actually committed our lives to doing something almost 20 times. Which is all things considered, as two adults who like you know, it's hard to do shit because you we're old, man. You know, we we're doing stuff. We're we're like adult men, and and it's pretty good. Congratulations, we're almost there, David. Pre congratulations on uh, twenty episodes. I don't know why you use the O word. I thought forty was like the new eighteen or some shit like that. Well, I I mean it could. I mean, look, all the all the Marvel characters are all hot, and they're all like in their forties. And look at all those dudes; they're all awesome. So that's a pretty good thing, right? <laughs> you know, I, I wish real life was like, you know, the casting of Aunt May, you know, where you just get progressively <laughs> younger and hotter. <laughs> yeah, we, if we could all just Benjamin Button ourselves in this world, it would be a lot happier, dude. We just start off old and get sexier the older we get, dude. Or we all get to look like Brad Pitt. That whole expression is just nonsense. Like, to me, like, to me, like, 40 feels like 80. Like, my back is, like, you know, just been, been all kinds of, like, fucked out. <laughs> and, well, you also and, down, like, a lot of whiskey and pills and stuff like that, dude. You know what I'm saying? You're just down in, like, it's 1950 and your body doesn't care, man. My name isn't Sam Elliott. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's Don Draper, dude. It's David Draper. We know that, dude. You just don't get red meat, cigarettes, booze, and pills, man. And please, stop calling your don't call yourself ortiz anymore son of orthy we've we've agreed to that right all right david castle <laughs> okay all son right. of orthy copy that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome to episode 19 <laughs> my name is brian ortiz my name is david castle sand of a biscuit see look at that dude i was sorry one more time ladies and gentlemen my name is son of orthy my name is David Castle, which I got right the first time before Brian edited out his mistake. Yeah, okay. Well, let's just move on. You don't need to put me on blast in the first five minutes of the show. All right? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is the part of the show where I normally tell you what I do, but David kind of hates it now, so I'm going to try and condense it as fast as I can, all right? What is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another? And that's what made me and David do. We don't know each other. We don't like each other, but we want to get to know each other better. So we use pop culture social lubrication to spread open our heart buttholes to get to know each other. If you can see me, I did the spread motion and David was embarrassed. They, they can envision. This is the goatsy generation. They don't need you to explain that shit oh. to them. <laughs> oh, my bad. Okay, there we go. Okay, so sorry. Let me say it again. Spread our emotional buttholes open so we can enter one another and get to know each other a lot better. And by the end of the show, we will have become closer friends or greater enemies will decide. There you go, David. Was that short enough and better? It was short enough, but what I would say is that, um, you know, people might think we're joking about the whole, like, ah, maybe not sure we like each other, maybe even hate each other. You think right. we're joking, but if you listen to that last episode, you right. know that that shit is real. Exactly. Yeah. There's, you know, people at home are probably like, eh, they're probably just friends and it's a show. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> Joke's on you, listener.
jokes on you <laughs> as what? you sit you're, you're like your you're staring you you're staring down the camera like you're looking at the person who doesn't believe us i'm specifically calling out one of our six viewers who doesn't think <laughs> that is this is a true podcast okay <laughs> not my mom because she knows the truth but everyone else you know who you are you, we talk uh david uh hey man we're still on another week of work watch how are we doing with work watch bro where are we at I actually applied for a CNN job. They they were looking for a weekend uh, sports reporter or, yeah. or, or sports writer, I should say. Um, so, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, still no interviews, man. Like, uh, which fault? I've had probably like three interviews up to this point. And uh, other than that, applied for a shitload of jobs. And that's pretty much it. Like I said, I'm still in William Sadler from trespass mode. Okay. All right. So, David, how long do we have to wait till you're like, oh, I'm going to have to work at McDonald's? <laughs> you know it's it's sad that like that like that we would consider any job just so like low paying and degenerate that like that would be like a source of shame um, i know what i'm hoping what i'm hoping is i'm like the line cook that dennis haysbert played in heat and i'm just like i'm waiting for that one job you know de niro comes in strikes up a conversation <laughs> i've got a job yeah sure i'm gonna get shot the fuck up you know, in a shootout at the very sure. end, but at least sure. I went out in a blaze of glory. That's that's the line cook I want to be. I want to. I do. I so desperately want to walk into your home and be like, David, I've got a job for you. And then like we're doing the podcast full time. Are you ready, David? You're gonna get shot a lot. <laughs> it's gonna be real dangerous, <laughs> and you're gonna have no money. You ready to do this, dude? Because I have a assault rifle too. You know, normally I would criticize you for turning like work watch into a uh, kind of like a show within a show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I mean, listen, if I don't get like interviews or I don't get like employed, then that's exactly what it is. It's going to be like <laughs> a, a week, month, potentially year long process. You can live on your castle all you want, David, but at some <laughs> point, at some point, you're coming down to the son of Ortiz and being like, I need a job. I'm like, bro, I got you one. Oh, man. All right, dude. Well, hopefully. Uh, we'll have some more updates on that for guys in the future, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you for staying with us on David's Work Watch 2022, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Pandemic edition. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we could talk all about your problems, and we can and we should, because today is my topic, right? So I'm going to be grilling you and talking about you. But I want to talk about William Hurt, the actor, RIP, as of recording. Uh, he did pass away very, very recently, March 13th, 2022, depending when you're reading this, at the age of 71, ladies and gentlemen. And the reason I want to talk about this, David, is because I was reflecting last night as I laid in my bed after eating uh, a, an enormous amount of unnecessary food because I have health issues. Uh, <laughs> I had a big old pot of melted cheese. Let's not go into that. The big thing <laughs> is, David, that I sat in there and I was watching one of my favorite William Hurt movies, Michael, starring John oh, Travolta. God, what is fucking problem? Okay, sorry. So, go ahead. along with William Hurt classic, Lost in Space, another one of my ultimate favorite uh, William Hurt products. I was really into it. Now, the reason, David, is because I was like the right age for that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I had I didn't see like altered states and broadcast news and all that stuff until later, when I was a kid in the '90s. Those were the things that I was allowed to see because of my mom, right? And those are the things that I attached myself to. And of course, for a lot of uh, younger viewers. You might know him as Thunderbolt Ross from the Marvel franchise as well. That's his most current big name. Shake your head all you want, David, but this Oscar winner is in the Marvel movies, despite what you think. Uh, so I want to kind of talk about that and reflect a little bit about his life, his career, and just see where it goes. David, are you a William Hurt fan? 
I really want to recreate the Batman animosity here because the first thing you go to, <laughs> yeah? William Hurt, an established yes. actor for many decades, is Lost Winter. in Space, nerd property, and right. General Thunderbolt, nerd property. Instead Correct. of, say, like Body Heat or Altered States. Right. Which, by the way, did you watch those? Yes. I love Altered States. It's oh. one of my favorite trippy sci-fi films, okay. actually. So, so I know I was being like really rude and argumentative. What was your question? <laughs> David, let me ask my question again since you were such a dick. David, are you a fan of William Hurt? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny we're talking about William Hurt because I, I distinctly recall like one of the first, like I was very, I can't remember what movie he was in when I was young, but uh, he was like the first actor that I remember watching and thinking, wow, this guy's such a terrible actor. What? Because you, no, no, no. Because I don't, I don't feel that same way now, but just because he was so monotone. Like when you're young, you're so used to acting as being something like big and like bombastic and theatrical. And yeah. William Hurt was always very sort of understated, very reserved. And, and so like that, that's one of the, like my first things I think of, which is like, Man, I remember as a kid, like, that was the first time as a kid where I criticized somebody's acting. Just like, <laughs> Jesus! Why, why, does this, why does this guy sound like, you know, because that's like, that's like me. Like, I have a very monotone voice, a very monotone cadence. Right, and, you're very monotone. Uh, so, like, you know, obviously, as I grew up, I, I grew, to, grew to appreciate uh, <laughs> the sort of born-voiced actors like Keanu sure. Reeves and William Hurt. Um, of the generation. So William Hurt could be like your voice spirit animal. Yes. Oh, that's a great way of putting oh, it. Dude, imagine that. Eagle, wolf, William Hurt. I think that's a crock of shit. But I don't know that like there are like necessarily go-to movies for William Hurt. I think just because he's, for as many good movies he's been in, he's never been like a real sort of like, except for Altered States and Body Heat, which I think are really good. Uh, by the and way, Michael. I I have a hard time watching Altered States because oh yeah and yeah I heard what the fuck he said you son of a bitch okay okay <laughs> I have a I'm hard... just gonna slip it in there dude we can't forget Michael man what a great movie dude it was a classic dude. So, 1996 what an era I want to throw out some illegal activity here um, okay one of the first my the, my first time watching Altered States was oh, with some stoner friends oh and my this god is the first time that I tried. You know, what we know nowadays as, like, the modern, like, genetically modified weed. It's one of the reasons why I can't... David! Why I can't do that anymore. It's just, it's too, it's just too powerful. Like, my brain is, Dude. like, weak and it can't handle it. So the first time I saw Altered States was when I was high on, like, the latest strain of whatever, like, crazy science, like, mad scientist, like, concocted uh, marijuana yeah. there is. And it just broke my brain. Dude, first of all, I'm in shock, David. This is like the most scandalous thing you've ever said in almost 20 episodes of this podcast. <gasps> it would happen on 19, oh dude. Dude, it, what a crazy idea that your brain broke on drugs while watching Altered States, a, one of the most trippiest 80s movies, and you also had The Devil's Cannabis all at the same time, and you just were like, I'm, I'm done with drugs. Like, what a mind-altering experience, dude. What was that? So did you... That movie's trippy for those who haven't seen it. Go check it out. But, like, I can only imagine, were you sitting there with your eye, like your eyes, like, dilated, and you were starting to see, like, weird things coming out from the TV? Like, how bad was the trip, dude? It, it, so, like, it, the trip wouldn't have been as bad as, as like, if the visuals weren't so insane. Um, you know, because you got to remember, like, yeah. right, like, we're talking about a movie where a guy reverts, like, goes back in the evolutionary scale and chart, right? So, like, he becomes a monkey at one point. 
Yeah. Uh, and by the way, what happens at the end? Does he become just like a single cell? Is that, is that what's I, going on? I felt like that's what was happening. It okay. got real deep in meta. That's where I felt it was going. Uh, yeah, and they're, they're like him and his wife like are like sort of naked in the hallway, embracing <laughs> yes. before they like do the whole like Ron Silver from Time Cop like the same matter can occupy the same space bullshit <laughs> like and they just morph into this like super organism. So so yeah, like I just that's a terrible thing. Like it's just a terrible thing in general. Um, so so I have some like oddly personal connections with William Hurt Dude. insofar as you can have them. Do you uh, still have like night terrors of William Hurt as like a a pre like ape creature coming at you? You know, <laughs> you scream at night and like, I, oh god, William Hurt! I get wish, away from me! I wish you could do William Hurt impression as a monkey. That that would make my oh, life. Complete. I don't even. I could barely. I think I could barely do a William Hurt impression in Michael. I, you know what? We'll, okay, we'll we'll get to that in a second. I I just want to <laughs> let me just counterbalance. I think the reason why to answer your question why William Hurt doesn't inspire night terrors is because he was okay. also in body heat and uh for me like kathleen turner like was just a smoke show like in her prime yeah. like yeah. I, I was like and i don't know like what that is you know you, you can sort of like put my like weird fetishes on blast like her <laughs> and like Teresa russell man these were just like these hot middle-aged actresses that like i just you know just drew drew my like my hormones insane the, Dave, uh, is this what it, what started your attraction to middle to older aged women as a young child? <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> I think it actually started with Jodie Foster and Sounds of the Lambs. But yeah, you're right. Maybe. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, and you know, Meryl Streep has has always been even now. Are we going too far? Maybe maybe no. We're, we didn't go far enough. Okay. Like we got to mention uh-huh. Helen Mirren as well. Still, oh, okay. still Hold got on. it. Time out. Time out. Helen Mirren is an absolute smoke show. Then, now, and fucking forever. And if, if, if you don't believe me, I just cuss. That's how serious I am about how hot Helen Mirren is. And I know that she's an avid listener of the podcast, so if she's out oh, there, nice. uh, you know, Miss Mirren, all respect. I think you are an absolute smoke show and a, and a beyond talented lady. We'd love to have you on the show. You know, I feel like you're just saying that, though, because of because she was in, like, Fast and Furious or some other, like, nerd property. Okay, first of all, she was in Red, and that was great, and that's a nerd property, so F off. Uh, but she's from Excalibur, dude, my favorite fantasy film from the 80s. Ah, touche, touche. Yeah, dude, I can name shit that's not a property. See, well, I mean, I guess technically Excalibur's the <laughs> yeah, original say, property. Like... <laughs> <laughs> The earliest franchises next to the Bible. The greatest franchise of all, David. <laughs> you know, we haven't talked also about, like, for, for as kind of, like, as low-key as all of it, as his, like, performances all are, he's yeah. somehow versatile as well. Like, I remember, for some reason, this performance stands out. Did you ever see Changing Lanes? Yeah. He Like, he's in there as just uh, Samuel Jackson's, uh, what, like, a, you know, what would he call them? Like AA buddy or whatever, um, his his sponsor, and, um, and yeah, it's just like surprisingly like just raw emotion, uh, good acting, and of course, I don't listen. I'm probably the only one that doesn't like this movie, but like I recognize that like his performance is over the top and entertaining, which is a history of violence. And I apologize for being on brand, like Hayden, like comic book, like right, material. Yeah. <laughs> I would have nothing else, we, we dude. Again, if, <laughs> if it's an IP comic and nerds read it, David's there to shove them in lockers and stick the book up their butt because he does not care. <laughs> Take your shit, shove it up your butt, and t- talk to me. Okay, Get so away, so nerd. listen, Drink you clearly steaks, cigarettes. <laughs> you clearly have a lot to say about 
not just stakes and nerds and comics up buttholes, but also William Hurt and Michael. Okay, just just tell people what is your obsession with this bullshit? Jesus Christ, <laughs> man! Just straight up hating on Michael. Let me hear all the Michael lovers out there at me, please at the at our Twitter, wreck the pod. I want to see all the love for William Hurt and Michael. Okay, hold, who is this what? character first and foremost? I don't even. I never even saw the movie, so I'm not gonna completely. So, my God, you're 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 dogging on Michael, and you've never seen Michael. It's fucking John Travolta starring as an angel. It's like got religious, oh, of course. Dude, like you I have no clue what you're missing, dude. Okay, look, <laughs> Michael is 1996 greatness, right? Where it's John Travolta, like after his like heavy set fat phase, all of a sudden when he couldn't put weight off anymore, and he just kind of stayed big after that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was a really nice romantic rom com. That's the reason I saw it first of all was because it was in my mom's wheelhouse, right? And if I had to go where my mom went to go see movies and she wanted to go see Michael and growing up in a religious like uh, surrounding as far as schools and having to go to church, I was always interested in the stories that are attached with them. I know I'm not like a believer okay. in, re- in in religion like that. I'm more spiritual than anything else. I got to believe that there's a God out there and stuff. I can believe I'm, I'm spiritual. But the stories in the book were always fun. And I always like twisting them and making them weird or, or different or something. So Michael fit that little realm of weird where it's a story about a a tarnished newspaper reporter who works for kind of like a like a weekly news type place where they have like, this guy has a two-headed chicken, you know. And he is going out to investigate the this... Uh, allegation of an angel living with this lady. And when he gets there with his two other companions and this girl that he eventually falls in love with, he goes and investigates. And of course he runs into Michael. And the whole thing is really just this romantic journey for him to heal as a person. And so do the other characters. And he falls in love with one of the characters. And Michael's last action on earth, his last visit before he dies is that he's going to try and help heal this man along the way in a really fun kind of silly, romantic, uh, angelic way. And not to mention, just so I give credit where credit is due, Andy McDowell is in it also. Ugh. Bob Hodgkins is it. Man, you're a dick. Bob Hodgkins is in it. And Robert uh, Pastroli. I never know if I say that correctly. Oh, yeah, from uh, Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Correct. So, like, it's got a solid-ass cast. Why do you hate Andy McDowell? She's like America's sweetheart in the 90s. <laughs> that southern accent, just like it's... Okay, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Way man. to ruin no. something beautiful, as you do, David. You're a monster. Point is, dude, that movie was just kind of fun, man. It was silly and it was fun. And then I tend to follow along with what my mom liked back in the day, dude. Now, my question is, why why do you hate Michael so much? Is it religion? Is it John Travolta? Is it Andy McDowell's southern accent that just drives you up the wall? Which is it, David? <laughs> so, you know, listen, like I can't claim, like I can't like call myself like a Michael hater if I haven't like seen the movie. That's true. Um, the uh, I, I think it's interesting, like how you describe it. It almost like makes me want to watch it uh, because it it is tough, man. Because I feel like Hollywood has never captured that sort of in between religious films that like feel like they're preaching versus religious films that are like just anti religion. You get like the Kirk Cameron shit, <laughs> and, and, oh, God, right? No. Where it's like, Gross. by the by the way, you it, like religion is only true. If you disavow evolution and the Big Bang Theory, yada, yada, or or you get... I'm trying to think of, like, a really, like, mean, anti-religious, like, movie. I can't really think of anything, like, maybe, like, Stigmata, but even then, like, I don't think of Stigmata as, like... Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Um, I like movies that are 
I take the lore of the Bible and the stories that are told in that and like give it a twist. You know what I'm saying? I'll go as far as say, you know, I like things like Legion, you know what I'm saying? That are just like <laughs> angels who battle on earth. You're you all know? gonna like, fucking die. I was trying to be the old lady. <laughs> Damn it. That's pretty good. Let me also for the uh for the philosophy nerds out there, I'll throw some like red meat your way as well. Which is Hold I think I think theologians I think theologians there are a lot of theologians that are woefully underrepresented in philosophy like uh like augustine um or uh ambrose uh, just saying like I, I think some theologians like understood reality better than some of the quote-unquote famous philosophers did you read all those people that you just mentioned by the way yeah wow <laughs> and you really are deep in philosophy you're not just bullshitting that stuff dude you don't just have <laughs> fancy books on yourself you really read that stuff <laughs> You see, and that's and that's why we're always going to be sort of, you know, just at odds with, you know, the the whole like comic book uh, literature thing. But like I said, I'm open to that. You know, listen, if you buy me comic book, because I obviously can't afford it right now, I'm right. jobless. You buy yeah. me some comic books, I'll read them. Okay, I'll try to find a uh, adaptation of Michael in graphic novel form. So you can read it. <laughs> And enjoy that. Uh, you know, one of my one of my favorite other movies of William Hurt. Again, more from the '90s because that was my era. Right? Was like I said, I have a huge soft spot for Lost in Space, the adaptation um, from oh, 1998. Right. Um, basically, like that movie to me was awesome because at that point, William Hurt had also done the TV movie version of Dune, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> oh, I think he did it afterwards. That's after I think. Uh, and it was like Frank Herbert's dude starring William Hurt. I was like, damn, William Hurt, top billing. And uh, I always liked him, and I always really enjoyed that Lost in Space movie, despite all its flaws. Uh, Lacey Chabert, who played Penny in that thing, was like an icon for me and defined how I wanted to, the kind of women I wanted to date for like the next <laughs> 30, God, 40 years of my goddamn nerd. life. Hey, 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 we don't talk bad about Penny in this house, all right, dude? This is a penny-loving home. Gosh, dang it. I'm just saying, if, if you're going to mention all the good of that movie, mention the bad, like, you know, Friends actor, whatever his name is. Uh, and... Excuse me, Matt LeBlanc <laughs> was phenomenal in this movie, dude. He had, like, the best scene when he's, like, putting the gun together and the helmet comes over and he's like, I trade it all for a can of bug spray. Bow, 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 bow. Like, what a badass, dude. Mimi Rogers, Lacey Chabert, Heather Graham, Gary Oldman. Come on, dude. It's a great movie. I think you des deserves a rewatch for those people go out there and deserve. Okay, you know what? I'll throw you a bow, David. I know you hate this movie so much, along with Michael, even though you've never seen it. A really good William Hurt movie that he's in. I granted not lead, but definitely a supporting cast, which he's really good in. Dark City. Yeah. That's, um, Dark City is still like, like a weird City. watch to me. Like It's like it, it's a movie that I think is kind of. I will never pick anything that you like. I will never pick anything. That, that's that why, like. like, prepare yourself Son for disappointment on Old Henry. It's you know, <laughs> well, it, it's oh like it, I guess the thing about Dark City is it's like it's such a, it, it's such like kind of an like esoteric film. Yeah. But also, but it's not like as complicated as most quote unquote esoteric or, or abstract like films that that. You well, know, you I still got to make of. a money and appeal to these. The general audience, <laughs> but I mean, I think I think the reason why I sometimes like, and by the way, I'm gonna rewatch Dark City now that you like talked about it. I'm gonna rewatch it. I think what threw me off is that the and thing, Michael. the thing I remember, <laughs> fuck, fuck you, <laughs> the thing I remember about Dark City are two things. Yes. Fucking Kiefer Sutherland's like dumb performance, which okay, I think is, is objectively dumb. Like, yeah, but yeah, anyways, yeah, I'll give you that one. 
I'll give you that. You, you got that weird look, but he's like, oh, let me tell you what you need to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The like, mad doctor like, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he always has that, and that, that inflection is like, I am here to help you, David. You know, he's, like, he's, like a dis- he's like a disturbed song. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's going for. But um... By the way, the only quote that I can ever remember from any <laughs> William Hurt movie is from Lost in Space when they, I, spoiler alert, they uh, die trying to go like escape the planet's gravity when it's breaking apart and they die. Uh, so when he goes back in time, he has to turn around and they, he turns around to Matt LeBlanc who's trying to fly the ship up through. The rocks are flying everywhere. And he goes, no, we have to go. Through the planet. <laughs> Fucking what the shit. That's all I remember. If you remember the minuscule, I can remember the minuscule. And that's my my news quote for the day. Go through the planet. <laughs> I think my I can't am- do William Hurt. I can't do William Hurt, ladies and gentlemen. Don't even try it. Don't at me. I, I think my amazement is that of all the things of all the lines you remember is that as opposed to his line in History of Violence, which is how do you fuck that up? You know, which is, I don't know, he's talking about one well, of his because henchmen. I saw History of Violence like twice. I've seen Lost in Space really? like a billion times, dude. I had it on, I have it literally on VHS, DVD. I have a signed copy of fucking Lost in Space Blu-ray sitting on my shelf. But if we're being real, because I really want to ignore as much of Lost in Space talk as you're trying to generate here. Right, If we're right. being real, like, I think, like, he does have a really good line in Changing Lanes, Give me your best William Hurt. The man who has a monotone voice, who you he's a spirit animal. Channel this, bro. Give me your best William Hurt. Well, listen, so for one, I'm trying to get the quote right because I think it's I think sure. it's a pretty deep quote. Okay. Because Samuel Jackson is trying to, you know, even Samuel Jackson, as he explains all the bad shit he's done to Ben Affleck, tells Correct. him, Hey, at least I didn't have a drink, which is his, you know, A buddy. And then William Hurt was is just like telling him, you know, well, you know what? Your fucking drug of choice was never alcohol. You got hooked on disaster. And that's a terrible impression. But the point is, I think <laughs> that's why something Why can't we that... get William Hurt impressions? Let's see. Hold on. Okay, here's a quote that I like from Michael. It's an emotional <laughs> moment. Let's see if I can do it. I'm trying to zone in here, you know. Through the planet. Through the planet. Come on. Come on. Helen Mirren. Kathleen Turner. Get monotone. Get monotone. Get, get focused. Well, you know. Would someone please tell me what the, his area is? Don't give me that. That's not my area stuff. Bring him back. Bring him back. Okay, just stop. Just, just Is that pretty good? It was, was, it was awful. But. Fuck you, dude. But, I'm trying here, man. I'm yeah, trying. listen, I'm I, myself on I appreciate line, the right? effort. I'm trying to do think, William Hurt justice. I think what you got to do is you try to, you have to lower your voice a little bit. You know, I'm not saying like cannibal quirks. My tone or my volume? Volume. No, no. Well, I would say tone. I think it's more of like you know. Listen, you, you gotta go. You gotta go uh, falsetto. Is it falsetto or st- fucking a? I can't remember. Like, staccato what, is me going like. Is... Would someone please tell me? It's <laughs> <laughs> not right. Would someone please tell me what his area is? Okay, that's that's getting... that's all right. Lower? We're getting we're getting there. Okay. The baritone Don't is the. Don't give me that. That's not my area stuff. Bring him back. <laughs> Bring him back. Trying to be monotone at the same time. How was that? Was that better? That's better, yeah. Right. I, well, we got a long it's we got a long road to go, ladies and gentlemen, to get that William Hurt. We don't have listen, going. we're we're both like uh, just suburban Latinos. We don't have like the voice uh versatility to really like go hard on these like 
William Hurt, Anthony Hopkins impressions. I think we just have to th- set our standards low. I think we can. I still think we can do Michael Caine impressions. Michael Caine impressions. <laughs> I still think we can do Michael Caine impressions. You know, <laughs> what's the point of doing all those bloody push-ups if you can't even lift a bloody log? Right? Come on. You know, man, you you were almost there, but you ended up doing uh, like uh, Australian. That was like that was straight Crocodile Dundee. What's there. the point of doing all those bloody push-ups? You can't even lift it. That's Australian. You sound like I don't know what you want to tell you, dude. That's how it is. Uh, We could go on and on about how good my (laughs) Michael Caine impression is and how I'm developing my William Hurd. But the real, you know, something I wanted to ask you is celebrities, actors, sports uh, stars pass away, right? And sometimes it's really sad. And then sometimes for a lot of people, it's like really painful, right? Um, I know that when Harold Ramis passed away, that was a real gut check for me. Uh, because that man, when I was a kid, really taught me that it was okay to be weird and nerdy and like sciencey stuff and like weird stuff. And Ghostbusters taught me that through his work, through his performance, through his writing, his comedy. He had such a look and a feel that made me feel comfortable about myself. So it hurt, right? And we attribute all of these feelings to people that we've never met before, but we seem to be very attached to them. Uh, my first question I want to ask you, David, is like, in your lifetime, has there been anyone of that stature, whether it goes from sports to writers to philosophers to actors or actresses that have passed away that have really hurt or impacted you where you're like, God, this one really hurts that this person is gone in this world? I mean, that's, that's a great question. And one of the things like I, I tend to not do when it comes to celebrities passing, William Hurt included, is stand for these people because I just feel like when you achieve a certain status and have uh-huh. enough money, you know, there's, it's very hard. I don't want to say it's hard, but it's just like, that's the culture, right? You know, a lot of these people that are rich and famous, you think about like how many people, you know, love Woody Allen growing up. He's a piece of shit, you know? And just like, right. I think sure, a sure. lot of just, when you have that much money, you just tend to be a piece of shit. So like when, when somebody famous, rich and famous dies, like I don't, to be honest, I'm not just trying to say this to be like, you know, quote, quote, be cool. I don't care. Like their work, I'll love, and and their performances, I'll love. I respect the fact that there are obviously people that are hurt. You know, like people that are related. You know, William Hurt's friends, sure. family, and so forth. Right? Like I respect that. So that's why, like, I don't go on social media and start bring you know digging up old shit. But I, I think I think that maybe like the closest uh, that it got to me was maybe like Anthony Bourdain. Um, really? Uh, why Anthony Bourdain? Uh, I think because he was, right, so he was also in the uh, circles that I'm familiar with, which is MMA, right? So I don't know if you know this, but Anthony Mordain was an avid uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Um, so he got coaching from, you know, some famous UFC fighters and it was just kind of part of that UFC world, part of the MMA world. And because of that, he also brought in, you know, a very kind of uh, sort of more of a free thinking kind of liberal voice into a universe that is otherwise very just fucking insane. Like, you know, you, you find just some of the most toxic people in that sport and Anthony Bourdain kind of being perfectly connected to it um, was, was nice. It was like a candle in the dark. Right. And, um, gotcha. Gotcha. and in addition to the fact that like, you know, he just seemed like a genuinely good guy, the work that he did in like seeing, for example, like, fine cuisine in like Vietnam, like places that you would never really think of going and him just kind of using food as a vessel to also kind of talk about like how it should connect us and, 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 and just taking this really sympathetic approach via something as just 
you know, simple as just like some fucking street food, you know, in, in Guadalajara or, um, or, or Cambodia or whatever was, was really cool. And, and yeah, so when he committed suicide, sucked. Right. Um, and I, I try to avoid all the fucking Nirvana, Kurt Cobain-esque gossip around like, sure, you sure. know, why he did it, who was responsible. He committed, he took his own life. That's on him. Um, so, so I would say that's as close as it's gotten, but otherwise, no. That's, you know, that's, that's a very interesting answer. Um, you know, and again, I don't know William Hurt as a person, right? And I'm not celebrating the loss of this person's, per, the, the deep inside person, because I don't know that person, right? You know, sad for the families and the friends and those who were close, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of these people have done bad and will do bad, but they also leave a legacy of work. And I try to judge the work itself, right? I don't know William Hurt. William Hurt has never known me, never will know me. None of his family knows me. Nobody cares, right? But what he did on screen and the work that he provided us did something for me. And I am grateful for at least putting that out there in whatever form or fashion, right? And so I celebrate the artist's creation versus the artist sometimes, if that makes sense. Um, I What I find interesting most of all, David, is like, you know, of all the people, of course you would hate all artists uh, because everyone's a monster to you. And that totally tracks with your history of hating everybody, which is why I'm surprised you even talk to me sometimes. <laughs> But I am I am very fascinated that you choose choose Anthony Bourdain as you talk about him. It sounds like you're describing, in my opinion, yourself, which is very interesting. Oh, you connect to Anthony Bourdain through the sports side and through the food side, and like if that's that is literally you, you know, tore down plus Magic the Gathering, you <laughs> fucking closet nerd, and uh, you put that together, and you're kind of the same idea. You connect through food. You have always recommended excellent places to me. You know what I'm saying? You're the guy that I go to if, like, I want to impress my my lovely lady and be like, David, I can't just fucking take her to McDonald's. You've got to give me the good places to go. Where did it, you know? Where did where do you buy like snails uh, shoved up a fox's butt and you eat that while it's being steamed and then you vape it? You know, like that would be you because you would know where to go. So it's so interesting that I guess we all pull certain aspects and traits from these people that we connect to. And I think the idea at the end of the day uh, is that we connect with them in some form or fashion or pull something from them that has done for us. But there, I think that really says a lot, dude, that you would choose the guy who's very similar to kind of your motto. Did, let me ask you this. Like before, uh, do you feel that there was an influence of Anthony Bourdain's lifestyle that was imprinted onto you like like a baby duckling seeing his mother for the first time uh no i mean like for one i, I wouldn't even say like consider myself uh like i didn't watch all of his shows like probably probably the, the my favorite thing um anthony bourdain did uh show wise is when he, he he had like him and another chef i can't remember the sean something uh he was another uh -huh. kind of famous chef and his friend was like you know what i realize you're the bar you set for how good food tastes is very high. However, I swear by the Waffle House, let me take you there. And if you look, <laughs> you look it up, you'll find a video where Anthony Bourdain and his chef buddy Whoa. are eating at Waffle House, and he's fucking enjoying the shit out of himself. And it's 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 the perfect Waffle House experience because there are police lights in the back, like in the parking oh, lot. It's perfect. Clearly, dude. a crime it's is so taking place. House. They're enjoying pecan waffles, patty melts. Um, How can you respect that but hate all the fast food places I talk about all the time? <laughs> Listen, man, fa fast food is no different than anything else. There are degrees. To me, uh, Waffle House is like 
Plus, you get to see them making the food. Waffle House is like up there in terms of just like junk food. Now, do you like Waffle House because Anthony Bourdain likes Waffle House, or do you actually like Waffle House? Damn, my my throat got super deep on that insult, bro. That was really weird. Like <laughs> something got to do the mad inside. <laughs> yeah, dude, something got mad. I'm still pissed that you made me not like William Hurt now, and I was just like, I gotta mock David viciously. <laughs> uh, Let the devil out, you know. So, apologies, David. I didn't mean for it to sound that mean. My point is. Do you like the Waffle House because Anthony Bourdain liked the Waffle House, or do you actually like the Waffle House? See, like, this is just so unimaginative. For one, I'm a breakfast guy, right? Like, breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. I didn't know that. Okay, um, that makes sense. So, we had that lovely breakfast slash brunch during your wedding. Yeah, and uh, it might be, like, a recent thing, like, uh, because I feel like I'll have, like, a heavy breakfast, heavy-ish lunch, and then I won't be, like, hungry for dinner. I'll have, like, a snack during dinner. It's kind of like my, my okay. You're a uh, breakfast guy. Did but, not know that, David. Uh, yeah, so I think maybe that changed over time. But but no, like I think it's it's just more of right. It's 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 like kind of like what we talked about with the whole like the the time travel episode and like regret. It's like well, it's like a chicken or egg thing. It's like yeah, sure. Like it's it's nice that somebody like famous and you know with higher esteem enjoys the thing I like, but also sure. I liked it already. So there's just kind of this this sort of feedback loop um with that um but um but also it, like his writing like you know anthony mordain was a very very good and accomplished writer um and um and so listen like i don't i don't like exalting the sort of the the artist lifestyle because to a lot of people bourdain led a very rock star-esque the kind of classic right. artist lifestyle he just went right. around the world did everything uh you know his his last girlfriend was a famous actress. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, like, I, I don't, I don't think that's, that's like fucking sexy anymore. Like it, it's listen, man, like there was a time when like the leather jacket and the bad attitude was like super cool, but not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. Uh, you mean you, I we couldn't put you in a dope leather jacket and you'd be a badass <laughs> eating vape tacos somewhere. Come on. For the same reason that like, we don't like go around like calling people like gay anymore. Like it's an insult, you know, like, yeah, sure. Some people do. Are you do, saying but... leather jackets are so out? It's in the, it's in the realm of saying gay <laughs> oh, to leather people? Leather jackets are homophobic. No, no, no. Jesus Christ. Uh, dude, listen, I still wear leather jackets. What does that say about me? Do you really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, dude. That's dope ass leather jackets. You want to rock with me about leather jacket, bro? Walk down the mall together, hand in hand, leather jackets. Oh, man. So why not? Why why are you so against? Where does the idea in your life of no, to not idolize someone come from? Is that an upbringing from your parents? Did they instill such confidence in you that you didn't need to seek legitimate approval or connection with someone who's like on a higher level than you? Do you know what I'm saying? Where did that stem from? Is it just because you're rock solid from your parents and how they brought you up? <laughs> You really make me sound more like again. I'm the unemployed one, right? So I mean, you're you're making me sound way more like confident than I should be or self assured, right? Um, but it's funny you were talking about Michael, and I I cannot believe you're, you're you yeah. somehow yeah brought Michael the philosophy of it into uh -huh. real world like problems and dilemmas. But I, I do think growing up, part of it was just like uh, sort of that uh, progress towards disbelief. You know, as I like felt like, man, you know what, man, freaking this mass delusion of religion is just ridiculous. Like, fuck religion. Right. Um, which, yeah, that's a lame way of approaching it. Like you don't want to disbelieve right. in something just like emotionally. Um, but of course, you know, that became more nuanced. Right. My transition away from religion became more nuanced. Uh, I'm at a point where I actually respect, you know, theologians take their opinions seriously. But I'm still not a believer. 
And so I think that's kind of where it started. You know, it's just, okay. yeah, good foundation, good support. But also, like, I, we, we tend to, like, especially as Americans, I think we tend to view things through such, like, the lens of the individual, you know, the, the power of the individual. And, and, you know, just if you just, like, believe strong enough, you know, thing you can do anything, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, the power of a person. Right. I mean, that's our whole life has been taught, like, if you achieve, if you believe, you can achieve. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it's a picture of me hanging on to a wire and I'm just like holding on like a cat. It says, if you believe, you can achieve. Coming to our store very soon. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love to see that. Um, a picture of just me hanging on to a wire just says, I believe you can achieve. Man, we should make a series of inspirational posters. Dude, with the amount of quotes and stuff that you say, David, throughout this whole show, most of them probably like really mean. Man, they'd be very funny inspirational posters. I, I'm not so sure about that. But, uh, but what I do know is that um, I don't think that reality is like that. I think reality is much more uh, a sort of um, a kind of a communal process. Um, yeah. You know, like I look at, I, I wish I could find a better, less selfish example, but um, I think about like the book, like, so the novel that I finish that I desperately <laughs> want to be a thing. Right, right. Um, Perfect segue, bro. Let's, the, the big, the most, the, the, the yes, best the thing to talk about is your novel. Plug, yes. Absolutely. I, I know. Absolutely. There's, there's like... The greatest example that I can think of comes from my own novel. <laughs> Let me tell you about it, okay? So what I was going to say... Continue, please tell what me. What I was going to say is that like, it, yes. it doesn't feel like my own. I had friends look at certain scenes, and that could include you, by the way. Friends I look have. at, because uh, I'm, I'm not quite done. No, but, he hasn't let me read it. Um, friends look at scenes because I felt like, okay, I have to nail this thing. Let me get your opinion. But also, uh, just the fact that I wouldn't have been able to write this if, for example, I didn't have um, a professor, a mentor like I did in college, a philosophy professor that I highly respect, who kind of put a lot of these ideas and this information in my brain Along right. with like parents that stress certain things about me as a person, like either that a I should be educated, or like my dad's side that I should have like a goofy ass Three Stooges sense of humor. So the point oh. is, like, I look at this novel as like people coming together to help me write this, as opposed to something that I just came up with my own and like I'm fucking like inventive and creative and I'm the shit. And I'm like, no, like none of that would have happened without all those other factors. Um, so to me, like, that's like a communal process. And I guess when you take that approach, well, then like one person dying in terms of what they represent for you is never going to mean the same thing to me. David, as much as I love talking about this, uh, we are at that time of the show now where Damn we've it, come man. to the end. I know. I didn't, get, I didn't get to ask you about why you brought up William Hurt in particular. What is it about William Hurt I know, that you respond I know. to? I know. We'll have to do a follow-up episode to that is what we'll have to do. Why don't you we'll just cut the whole learned about section and then you tell Absolutely me. Absolutely not, David. You're literally telling me to cut the whole point of the show, and I will not do that for you, David. Because uh, the show's not about me this time, David. It's about you, my guy. So if you want to learn about me, David, then you come up with a question and follow up next week. But I have to now reflect about what I learned about David. I got the perfect topic for you next week. But anyways, go ahead. Awesome. You know, cue the music. David, as always, I've learned quite a lot about you in this experience. One, you took something I loved, the work of William Hurt, and you kind of destroyed it. But that's what you normally do. As you are as a person, I continually try to find what makes you tick. And much to my surprise, it's usually nothing. I don't understand you sometimes. You seem like a dead robot inside. And yet somehow through those bolts, I know that there's a soul inside. And I think it's there and I found it. You know, like... 
One of the things I learned about you today that is so impressive is one, I didn't know you were a breakfast guy, so I'm totally, we gotta get breakfast because I love yeah. breakfast. But two, you continue to impress me with your, your rock steady core that is still there. Sure, it's surrounded by a lot of whiskey and pills and garbage and crap and ego and shit. And but like deep down, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. And but deep down inside, you're still this rock solid Mexican nugget of beauty <laughs> that I'm always impressed with every time. You don't need validation, you know what I'm saying? You don't look up to a higher being or a higher anything, whether it be God itself or, or even celebrity status people, because you have your own self worth, your own path. And you find connections in other ways, but you don't need that searing need of validation or connection with someone higher than you. Unlike those of us who have daddy issues, who require the need to be loved by people who don't even know us. You don't need that. You're solid and you are rock still, dude. Even when you're jobless, you're still a rock, my dude. And that's what I learned about you today, David Castle. Dude, I was waiting for the part where you don't even need a job. That's how confident you are. <laughs> yeah, you don't even need a job to validate your life, dude. You're on your own track as a self-proclaimed uh, successful author. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, we can't wait to hear uh, talk to you next week because next next week will be our 20th episode, so we got to do some fun stuff for that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you heard, Please don't forget to share, like, give us five stars, and make and give us those reviews. If you give us five stars and give us a positive review, we'll probably read it on air. If you give us five stars and a bad review, God, I want to read that even more so on the air. So long as we get those five stars, because we're greedy as hell. We want to hear from you guys. Please, we'd love to hear from you. Any type of topics of conversation, anything that you want to know about us, and we would definitely love to uh, have some uh, people ask us some advice because we want to give out some good advice to you because we're two people who have gone through a lot of weird shit, and David's a rock. So you can hit us up at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod, at gmail.com. You can also add us at Twitter at wreckthepod. Uh, we're also getting we also have an Instagram and a TikTok that we are going to start populating very soon so keep an eye out for that you can find all of our stuff in our link trees and social medias here and anywhere else ladies and gentlemen my name is son of Orti my name is David Castle uh, David any last uh, any last thoughts before we leave I still want an answer what about William Hurt's voice just his voice attracts you watch Michael and there's your answer Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, the pod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by.